Today we're kicking off a new series. It's a church-wide series, and so uh, this is being some facet of this is being taught in our kids this morning. It's being taught in Pivot. It'll also be in the youth group, and so. Over these next couple of weeks, we as a church are prioritizing hearing from God. And, uh, you know, and as I was thinking about this and trying to, how, trying to think of how I could communicate this to you, and so really it's all about uh, not just hearing God's voice, but really recognizing it. Because I think that's the problem. I think we actually hear God's voice more than we realize, but I don't know that we recognize that it's actually him speaking to us. And, uh, and so I was trying to think of some ways how I could, um, really communicate this and, and, you know, and, and, and even the idea, like, why is this so important to learn to hear from God? Um, you know, I, I'll give you an example of this in the old Testament. There were a very few select group of people that heard the voice of God and they spoke on his behalf. But this side of the cross, this side of Jesus coming, that dynamic has changed greatly. Is that you don't have to wait for me to hear from God for you. Is that God actually wants to talk to you directly. It doesn't mean that God can't use me, but God will use me to confirm what he's already said to you. It's not the other way around. And so, um, but, uh, you know, and as I was thinking about this, and even when we begin to talk about what would be the subject or the focus of this series, um, I, you know, we had thrown around a few other ideas. And then, of course, I bring something that wasn't on the table. And I said, you know, I feel like that this is really, uh, if I was going to share one thing and say this is one key um, to really a successful Christian life uh, following Jesus, it would be learning to hear his voice, learning to, to recognize when he is leading you. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I begin to think about that a little bit. And so I begin to think about the thought of life hacks. How many of you know what a life hack is? You've probably seen some of the memes online. If you're online much, you're like, man, I like, you know, they say, say things like I was today years old when I found this out. Well, it's been around for a hundred years. We just didn't know. So I'm gonna share a couple with you today, but, um, so I went to the great reliable source of Wikipedia and got a definition for what a life hack is. And uh, some of you know why that's a joke. Some of you didn't laugh. <laughs> if you don't know, Wikipedia is not verified information. It's just somebody's opinion. But for the most part, some of it is verified. But anyhow, so this is how Wikipedia defines a life hack. Is that it is any trick, shortcut, or skill that increases productivity and efficiency in all walks of life. And so, since it's summertime, I just thought I'd start off with one that we could all identify with. Which is, did you know that you could bake cookies in your car? Bam! There you go. In our heat... It's probably possible. I don't know how long it takes, but if you get in the car and it smells like fresh baked cookies, is it really that bad of a deal? You know, I don't know, but life hack. So here's another one for you. It's father's day. It's barbecue season. And so you can do a, a sauce tray with a cupcake can or pan. So there you go. So limits your dishes, keeps things confined. I, you know, I was like, man, that's pretty good. So here's, your, here's another one for you. And this one's like super practical. You ever had a plug fall out of the wall and it just won't stay in the wall? It just keeps falling out. If you grab those little, unplug it and grab the prongs and squeeze them together a little bit, it creates tension to keep it stuck into the wall. So you can do that right there. It provides just enough more tension to keep it in the wall. So you're welcome. I got a couple more for you. Here's another one, which some of y'all are going to think like I did. But I, at first, this next one is putting cup or uh, pancake batter into a, a squeezable, like a, I don't know what you call it. One of those things, a ketchup jar. There you go. Of course, my thought is, is well, how do you get the batter in there? I th- at first, I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I'm like, is it really worth the effort to get the batter in there? I'm not sure. 
And uh, since I'm such an expert at making pancakes, but that was my thought. But here, I saved the best two for last. I have not verified either one of these, but I will be. I can promise you. So here's, here's the, the next one is drilling holes in the bottom of your trash can so that when you go to pull the bag out, it breaks the suction. I'm like, that makes sense. I'm like, I will be trying this one. It does work? Verified right there. So how many of you have ever about lost your Jesus trying to get it back out the trash can? You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know how it creates that suction. And then it comes out and the bag breaks and stuff goes everywhere. And it's just like, forget it. I saved the best for last. You ever got one of those packages that is sealed so tight that you have no idea how in the world you're going to get it apart? Or better yet, you're trying to like be masculine about it and you rip it apart and it ends up cutting you. So here's you a life hack for that. Take a can opener on that little plastic and just go around the edge. I will definitely be trying this one. I can promise you that. So as I said, I've not um, verified all of these, but so you kind of get an idea of what a life hack is. It's just something that makes life a little bit easier. And there's lots of them. And if you want to go see more, jump online. There's tons of them. And, uh, but, and so in context of what we're talking about over these next couple of weeks, if I'm going to give you a life hack that makes it easier to follow Jesus, that's it is learning to recognize God's voice for yourself, you know, and there's times, and I'm not saying that God speaks to you about everything all the time, but what I am saying is that he speaks to us more than we think he does. And he's more interested in our day-to-day lives than maybe we're aware. And, And so You know, and so here's just a big thought for you is that God wants to have an ongoing conversation with you. It's not just a a run in every once in a while. God wants to have an ongoing conversation. You know, if you were to come and ask me, do you and Dara talk? I would say, yeah, all the time. Now, it doesn't always mean that our conversation is productive, but we're always in conversation about all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, but, and that is the truth. And and some of you need to hear that is that God wants to actually have a conversation with you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to hear from you. He wants us. This is actually the reason that we were created to begin with is that God wanted fellowship. He wanted communion. He, He wanted a relationship. And so even when we look back into the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, the very first interaction between God and Adam was actually a conversation. The very first thing that we see that happens after Adam is created, Adam becomes a living being. God initiates this conversation. Another spot uh, in Genesis, and I'm going to read you a verse here in just a moment, but it says this, that God would come and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Well, they weren't walking in silence. I think God was like, hey, Adam, what you do today? What new names did you come up with for these animals? I dropped you some new ones. I know you found them. Curious, what did you call him? Oh, that's a good one. I like that name. You know that monkey that I gave the pink rear end? What'd you call him? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, things, I mean, I don't know what they talked about, but I know this is that Adam was very comfortable in the presence of God. He did not run away until sin entered the picture. And then the Bible says that he went and hid. But this is what I want you to hear. Uh, and this is that first interaction, that first conversation. That God has with Adam, and it comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. It says, so God creates all these things and puts Adam in the garden, all this. And it says, and then God blessed them and said, we're going to stop right there. 
God blessed them and he spoke. See, God has good things to say to us, but many times we believe the opposite. Therefore, we don't want God to speak to us. Why? Because we're more aware of our sin. We're more aware of the things that we know don't please God than we are of what Jesus has done for us. And so we run away from the very thing that God intends to be a blessing in our life, which is his voice, which is his leading, which is his understanding, which is his wisdom. It's his advice. It's his influence in our life. And so the first thing, even before God even says anything, God actually says, hey, I want to put a blessing on Abraham. That was God's original intention. And he says to him, or not to Abraham, to Adam, How many of you caught that? All right. Pop quiz. Says, so God blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over all the animals that scurry along the ground. And so God gives Adam a job. He says, hey, you've got some responsibility, you've got some things to do, but I just want you to know all of the things that I have for you to do are actually meant to be a blessing to you. And so this is God's original um, interaction. And so I want you to know today is that first and foremost, God wants to put a blessing into your life. And how are you going to uh, obtain that blessing? It's by learning to hear from him and following his wisdom. Because this is what I know is that God knows more what I want than I know what I want. And more importantly, God knows more what I need than I know what I need. And so there may be things that I think I want. And God's like, you don't really want that. No, what you really need is this. And it's amazing how accurate I have found the Lord to be like a hundred percent. Every time I think I want this and I just get that little something on the inside, it's like, "Mm." and I don't listen to it. I end up with regret. But when I've, I honestly, I mean, I've been serving the Lord for almost 25 years. I can't think of one single time that I've obeyed the voice of God promptly that I've regretted it. Now, I have had delayed o- obedience at times, and I have regretted the delay. But I have never regretted listening to the voice of God and following his voice. And so this is very important. And this isn't because that I'm a pastor that God speaks. God wants to speak to every single one of us. And it's available to us. And so it's very important that we understand these things and and really uh, pursue it, if you will. But this is what I know. If you don't think God is going to speak, you're not going to be listening for his voice. You're not going to have your faith active and say, God, I thank you that you give me a spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation. I thank you that I have the mind of Christ on the inside of me, that every decision that I make, that your presence is upon me when I look to you. And so this is important. And so I believe that we all want to hear from God genuinely. But I believe some of us just believe, well, that's for somebody else. That's for spiritual people. I'm just not that spiritual. I don't mean this wrongly, but in the Old Testament, God spoke to and through a donkey. To save a man's life. If God can talk to and through a donkey, do you qualify? I'll let you answer that question. Something to ponder. And I know some of you may have the idea of like, well, hey, I've never heard God speak to me. Well, let me challenge that real quick. Have you ever felt convicted about anything in your life? Have you ever done anything, said anything, looked at something, whatever, and just felt like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that? Anybody ever not felt that? That's called the conviction of the Lord. That is God speaking to you. So the fact that you can sense conviction tells me you have the capacity of hearing from God. Let me say that again. 
The fact that you can sense conviction tells me that you already have the capacity, the ability to hear from God right now. Like, let me say it this way. You already are. So take the pressure off and just say, well, hey, if I can be convicted by the Lord of something that doesn't measure up in my life, then I already, at least some way, and that is one of the ways that God speaks to us, is by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That actually comes out of John chapter 16, verse 8. It says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of their sin. Well, you know, you can't get saved without actually hearing from the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible tells us that we would never look to the Lord without the work, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the Holy Spirit leading us to what God has for us. Well, if he'll do that for our salvation, won't he do that in the area of our provision? Won't he do that in the area of our healing? Won't he do that in the area of our relationships? Absolutely. Why? Because it's all about life and relationships and all of these things affect our life. And God wants to be an integral part. And so what I would submit to you to consider is this, is that what we're, what we, when we say that we don't hear the Lord or I've never heard God speak to me, what we're probably really saying is I just don't recognize it when he speaks. It may come through some other avenues, some other channels. I mean, you know, we're inundated with information, but there's times where something just lands and it kind of like stops you for a moment. Many times I have found that that's the Lord getting my attention, but I can just blaze right by it and just keep on trucking or I can stop and be like, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What do you have to say to me in this moment? And and so I want to give you an example of this. This was, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but uh, at the house. And so we're at the house and, you know, I have my TV. How many men have your TV? It's Father's Day. You can claim it. My daughter tries to look at her. She's like, I got mine. No, baby, it's my TV. She tries to say, Daddy, you got to share your TV. Not right now. This is Daddy's TV. Every man needs a TV. Just my opinion. But what good is a TV if you can't find the remote control? Because nobody wants to get it. How many of y'all remember like older style TVs that had the knob on it? You got up there and I can remember my grandfather being like, hey boy, go up here and change the channel. You know, I was his remote control. (laughs) The first wireless remote control, grandchild, you know. So anyhow, so we, I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to watch something or turn the TV on, whatever it was. And we could not find the remote. And I'm like, that's it. Everybody. Assemble to the living room. We have priorities. Man needs to watch TV. Man needs remote. The remote is not available. Well, we on our little cable box thing, <clears throat> it has a locate button. So it starts playing this little chirpy little song. We all hear it. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's playing. I'm like, all right, everybody disperse. Go find my remote. So we're all walking around. We're in different rooms, upstairs. We're doing, going different places. And I just keep hitting the button. It keeps playing, keeps playing. We're like, man, where is this thing? Everybody can hear it. We're like, oh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Getting further away. Getting further away. Getting further away. Getting closer. Getting closer. Guess where the remote control was? Dead center of the living room. On top of the ottoman. It had a blanket on it. And we all swore it's in one of these other rooms. It was you. You found it. Oh, Lenny. Yeah. So 
Anyhow. But we had looked everywhere except for where it was. And sometimes I think that's what we're doing when we're trying to hear from the Lord. Is we're looking everywhere except for where he is. And there's things that we're looking at. We're like, man, I know I'm close. I know, I, I know that it's right. I, I, but I just can't get clarity. So that's my, my goal in my heart over these next few weeks is to help us know how to hear from God. And so there was a, there's a, an account in the Old Testament, fairly familiar account, of a young man named Samuel who had the, a problem because he had never heard from the Lord. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're going to read just a couple of verses here. Now, Samuel is a servant boy to a guy named uh, Eli. And so it's bedtime. Everybody got tucked in. They're settled. And then God begins to call Samuel by name. It says Samuel. Samuel hears his name called. So he jumps up and he runs in there and he's like, hey, Eli, did you call me? Eli's like, boy, it's bedtime. Go back to bed. I didn't call you. Samuel goes and lays down. Samuel. Eli, did you call me? Boy, I done told you I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Happens again, the third time. And this time, Samuel, or I'm sorry, Eli realizes like, I don't know if his third time's a charm. I don't know what the deal was. But Eli realizes I'm not talking to the boy, but it's the Lord. Because remember in the Old Testament, I told you that there were specific people that God spoke to. Samuel was one, or Eli was one of those people. But Samuel had never heard the voice of the Lord yet. And there was really a passing of the torch in this moment. And so what happens, (coughs) excuse me, I'm doing better than I thought I would with my voice. So I don't know why I have some sinus stuff. Anybody else got some sinus stuff going on? I'm sure my worship sounded beautiful this morning. So in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 7. It says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and uh, once more, Samuel got up, went to Eli and says, here I am. Um, Did you call me? And Eli realizes that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. If someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came back and called before Samuel, Samuel. And he responded, replied and says, speak, your servant is listening. See, I don't think that we necessarily have a communication from heaven problem. I think we have a hearing problem. We have a listening problem. And there's so much that goes on in our life and so many things that are happening that we can become very uh, distracted and dismissive of the Lord. And there are times that we need to stop and start to listen. And so just as Samuel does here, I would encourage you to pray the same prayer. Is Lord, I thank you. And I'm going to give you some, some practicals here in a few minutes about this. I would just encourage you, Lord, I thank you that I hear your voice accurately and clearly. You ought to be confessing that over your life. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Well, God said he would speak to us. He spoke to Adam. He spoke to people throughout the scriptures. He, he has spoke really throughout man's relationship with him. And God wants to speak to you. And it's for your good. So many times we think, oh, God's going to correct me. And he will at times. But that's not the majority of his uh, communication. It's really not. Is that many times God's communication to us is, hey, I love you. I know that you messed up, but that's not who you are. 
See, that goes back to that, what I said earlier about dads giving identity to their kids. Is it fathers? We need to remind our kids sometimes when they mess up. Hey, I know what you did. I may not be happy about it, but I just want you, I want to remind you that's not who you are. You messed up and we'll deal with that. And there's going to be some consequences, but that is not who you are. You are not your mistake. And that's a powerful thing for a father to do. And, and so even when, um, even when it comes to this idea, I would use it, say it this way, is it, it's like God's calling you on your cell phone. Like if you pulled your cell phone out, it would say incoming call, accept or decline. And sometimes we're like, I'm not going to hit either one. I'm just going to let it ring until it stops ringing. I'm going to let it go to voicemail, see if I want to talk to them or not. And sometimes I think we treat God like that. Like, let me get his message so I can read his tone. Is he upset? Is he happy? Like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this conversation. Or sometimes we're like, oh, I know why he's calling. Nope. (laughs) Not ready to have that conversation. But see, we need to what? Start accepting the call. Because just because he's calling, it requires us to what? To listen, to accept the phone call and say, hey, I'm listening, Lord. I'm here. And so if you're going to learn to hear God, to direct you, we're going to have to practice some listening. It's it's an art. And you have to learn how to do these things. And, And so here's what I know, though, is that Jesus says in John 10, 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. In other words, they're waiting for me to give instructions. They're waiting for me to speak. He says, I know them and they will follow me. Now, here's what I know. You can't follow who you can't hear. Romans says that the sons of God are those who are led, which that sons there are sons and daughters. It's, it's humanity. It says, but hey, the identifying mark that I belong to Jesus is that I follow him. See, I can be saved, but not follow. Well, I'll say this. I can claim to be saved, but not follow. But yet Jesus here says, hey, my sheep know my voice. This is Jesus saying, you need to know my voice. Why? Because I'm going to direct you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going I'm to help guide you to where, I, what, for what I have for you. And so here's the thing is that listening is a skill that has to be developed. It's a discipline that we have to learn how to recognize. And sometimes there's things that we can do to help us learn how to hear God's voice. And so, um, you know, I believe that one of the greatest enemies of listening is just distraction. I mean, how many times do we walk into a room full knowing why we walked in there? And then you take, you step over that threshold and then you're like, somebody asks you a question, phone rings. And then all of a sudden it's like, what? What was I coming in here for? And then you're like, who can tell me? Well, nobody knows. Why? Because we got distracted on the way. Something catches our attention. The kids need something. Something pulls us away and we get distracted I've heard this phrase many times, but if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy and distracted. Now there's variations of that. He'll get us distracted. He'll get us off, really off target. And so I want to give you an example of this. I thought about getting some big headphones. You know, those big monster ones, because it'd be a good visual. But I have some 
some earbuds that I can put in my ears. And they have a couple of settings on them. And one of them is called transparency. In other words, that's these people you see walk around in the store with them in. And you're like, excuse me. And they're like, oh, no problem. And you're like, oh, I didn't know you could hear me. I saw you had your, your little earbuds in. Why? Because they're allowing outside sound to travel through that earbud into my ear. And so it does that. There's another setting, though, that's called noise cancellation. Which if you've got some rowdy kids at home, thank you, Jesus. You can put those things in, and it's crazy. Because it's like, I can hear it go. And when it does, I can see the words. I can see your mouth moving, but I cannot hear the words that are coming out your mouth. It's beautiful. And it's like, what you say to me? And you put them back in, and it seals your ear. The technology behind it is pretty amazing. If you've ever been on an airplane or something like that, it can drown out unbelievable but unbelievable amounts of noise it's a pretty cool piece of technology that they use to do that i wish that i could just hand out to you spiritual noise canceling headphones today but unfortunately i can't i wish i could but that doesn't mean that i can't silence the noise around me either I mean, like just this morning, I'm doing some things. I'm reviewing my notes. I'm looking over a few things like I typically do on a Sunday morning. My son's in the other room on my iPad, you know, doing something. I'm like, Max, come close the doors between us so I can think. I'm like, turn that TV off and turn the iPad down, close the doors. Like, I'm trying to focus. Sometimes we need to do that. And so I want to give you just a couple of, of, uh, of things that can help you. These are just practical tips. Um, that can help you to to really to listen to hear the voice of God, and, and so uh, the first one is this: is that you need to prioritize it. You know, if you go look in the in the book of Revelation over and over and over at the beginning of the specifically in the first seven eight chapters of the book of Revelation, there's a statement that's made multiple times to the church, or it's multiple churches, but it says, "He who has ears, let him hear." I mean, you have natural ears, but how many of you, it's Father's Day, I'm going to pick on the dads. How many of you men have some selective hearing? It's a gift from God, ladies. I'm just telling you. It's a spiritual gift, I'm convinced of it. Don't you hear these kids? What? What are you talking about? I'm focused on the TV. I'm, I'm locked in. My TV, got my remote. It's me and the TV. Why? Because I have prioritized what's being said on that TV over what's happening around me. And I can become deaf to what's around me because I'm focused. It's a gift, ladies. Don't be hating. I know y'all are just jealous. We understand. It's a gift. No, but prioritizing is really just setting your heart and saying, God, here I am. Speak. I'm listening. My ears are open. I'm ready for you to speak to me. So we need to prioritize it. Number two, you got to practice. I mean, you know the old saying, practice makes perfect? Here's the thing, and let me just kind of open up that relief valve of pressure. You're going to miss it. Like there's going to be times that you're like, man, I really thought that was the Lord. And it could not have been the Lord because that turned out terribly. 
You can become very discouraged and frustrated and down on yourself because you missed it. Now, look at it as an opportunity to grow because, you know, it's like uh, Thomas Edison was asked one time about the light bulb. And, they, you know, he had made almost, a, I think it was right around, I don't know if it was a thousand or right around a thousand ways that a light bulb, you know, he made a thousand of them. And they asked him, they said, isn't it really discouraging that you spent all that time and energy? And he said, no, I found a thousand ways that a light bulb wouldn't work. And without that, he would have never got to the way that did work. And aren't you glad that we have lights today? Why? Because somebody just wouldn't give up. He was too tenacious to give up. And we need to kind of have that attitude. And so we need to practice. Just learn. You know, there's a phrase that gets floated around. It's like, fail forward. All right. That wasn't the Lord. I know for the future. Oh, I did it again, man. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm just figuring it out. But I thank you that you're speaking. I think in my ears, I'm just tuning them in. I'm just getting it more focused. I'm getting it more focused. I'm getting it more focused. So you got to be okay with failure. I think God's more okay with our failure than we are most of the time. I think sometimes he laughs. Like I do with my kids sometimes. They do really dumb stuff and I laugh at them. I'm like, you cute. That's really cute. I'm going to tell that at your wedding. Let me get a picture of this real quick. That picture's coming back, you know? I mean, why? Because I know they're my kid. And there's grace for them. Why? Because I know they're learning. I mean, I, I know I get frustrated. Kids, I have told you how many times, I mean, like now that I'm a, now that my kids are getting older, I'm starting to sound more like my dad. Hey, I ain't paying to cool the outdoors. Shut that door. You know, I didn't understand that. I probably heard that a thousand times growing up. No telling how many times. And now here I am saying it. Turn off them lights. What are y'all doing over there? You know, settle down, you know. No, but I understand they're learning and my job is to teach them. Part of my job is to teach them. So we want to prioritize hearing God's voice. We want to practice hearing God's voice. We want to pray. So through prayer, we want to create some space for a conversation to and from God. Many times prayer is one-way communication. It's to be two-way. So this is my advice for you, is that when you pray, you can take, the, the Bible says you need to, number one, when you go to God, thank him for what he's already done before you start with your list. Number one, it's going to remind you of the faithfulness of God. God, you've been good. You've been faithful. You've been steady to, to just do what you said you would do in my life. So I want to create some space. And so I want to thank God. And then I'm going to say, God, here's what's on my plate today. Make a list. Write it down. Here's another little life hack for you. The devil can actually become your advocate to get more stuff done. Because I promise you, when you start to pray, all of a sudden, everything that you didn't care about, and you forgot about, is all of a sudden going to start coming back to your mind. Oh, man, I forgot to call so-and-so. Oh, I forgot to pick this up. Oh, I need to order this. Oh, I got to do that. Just keep a notepad with you. Like, I'm going to start to pray. Let me just keep a notepad. Thank you, devil, for reminding me I need to do these 18 things. But I'm going to keep praying. I'm telling you. It's crazy how your mind all of a sudden gets focused on things you don't forgot about. You're like, I didn't even know that was even on my plate anymore. But you try to connect with the Lord, and all of a sudden the devil's like, hey. That's called distraction, by the way. He's a master of it. But 
So you thank God, you let him know what's on your plate, and then you just say, Lord, I, I just, I'm going to open up myself to hear from you right now. And it doesn't have to be a long time. Anything that you want to speak to me, Holy Spirit, my ears are open. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds, a minute. And here's what I have found, is that in my own life, many times the Lord doesn't speak in that moment. Like, I'll tell you a funny story, just real quick. One time I was preparing a message, and I just got to, you know what writer's block is? Well, preachers get writer's block too. And I was just sitting there staring at my screen for I don't know how long. I get up, I pray for a little while, sit back down, stare at the screen some more, get up and pray. I'm getting agitated. Because I'm like, Lord, I need you to speak to me. Like, I, and so I got frustrated, and I'm like, fine. I'm thirsty. I'm going downstairs. I got to the fridge and opened the fridge and the Lord started talking to me. And I'm thinking, now up there, I had my lights the way I wanted it. I had the air conditioner the way I wanted it. I had the sound the way I wanted it. I had everything lined up perfect. I'm trying to get to my Dr. Pepper, Jesus. Why you want to talk to me now? But he did. And I'm telling you, it is crazy that when I create space for God to speak... Many times it doesn't happen in that space, but I believe it opens me up for God to speak to me. I mean, I can be driving the car. I can be in the shower. Many times I'm just going about my life mowing the grass. That's a good one for me. Sometimes, and I think this is actually true. It's not even a joke. I think if I get like just like a small percentage of my brain functioning, which is like keep the mower straight. That's a pretty low level of thought. But it's enough to keep my mind preoccupied. But that leaves a lot of empty space for God to come and start talking to me. But I have prepared the place prior to, which of the place is my heart. So many times we're like, oh, you need a place of prayer. That place of prayer is your heart. It's not a location. And if my heart is open to the Lord, he can come in and speak. And so even if, so how can you listen? Here's the last thing, or the last point of this is that you got to have peace. you got to have peace. One of the last instructions that Jesus gave to the disciples, he said that my peace, I'm going to leave with you. So if there's uh, unsettledness in your soul, in your mind, that's the work of darkness. It really is. That's the work of the enemy. And how do you know when it's not God? Because it's not peace. Now, I'm not talking about a peace here because your mind, because trust me, God may drop something in your heart and there's a settledness here and your mind is going, nope, 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 nope. Sounds like a broken record. Like that ain't going to happen. And this is a little bit of a, another little bit of a hack, I guess you could say it as well is that sometimes I think we can get so fixated on, I've got to get a word from God. I've got to get a word from God. I've got to get a word from God. How about God gave you peace? And sometimes the Lord is leading you by his peace. He's like, I've already led you. You know what to do. You're just, you're waiting for me to say something so you can blame me if it doesn't go the way you think it should. And what I'm saying is it's going to take faith to follow the peace of your heart. In the book of Acts, the early apostles at one point were praying about a situation and they, and they made this statement. They said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. They didn't say God spoke. Now, God did eventually speak in that setting. But they made this statement and said, hey, it just seems right. And they went ahead. In other words, they followed the peace of their heart. It's not the peace of your mind. 
It's the peace of your, of your heart, of your soul. And so there's this calm that comes. And so one of the, one of the great ways that we can tell the difference, because I believe that there are three main voices that talk in our life. You have the Lord, you have the enemy, and then we have our own voice. And we're going to talk more about this next week is that we have to learn how to discern which or who is talking. Because sometimes we're blaming the devil and it ain't the devil. It's us. The Bible says that we are drawn away by our own desires and our own lust. In other words, what we want. And we want to blame the devil. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I made me do it. I just want somebody to blame. So I just throw it off on him. Well, as long as I blame him, I don't have to own it. Which also means there's no hope of changing that part of my life as well. But what happens is, is that the enemy always comes to bring confusion and chaos. Always. But the good news is, is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He doesn't just have peace. He is peace. When Jesus shows up, things begin to calm down. You can see this played out multiple times throughout the scriptures in Jesus' life. He would show up and there's chaos and just even people that were demon-possessed would become calm. I'll give you an example of this. There was a, a, the story of the madman of Gadara. The Bible says that they, the community had, had done everything possible. Bound him with chains, all this stuff. They, they just put him away because he was just violent. Even when Jesus talks to him, he says, what's your name? He says, oh, well, my name is Legion for we're many. Legion is a military term, which means a thousand. So the, very likely the man had a, was filled with a thousand demons. And yet the Bible says that the man full of demons, a thousand of them, could not keep him from running to the peace that Jesus had. And it says that he knelt down at his feet and began to worship Jesus. See, all of darkness is not as powerful as we give it credit for. It's really not. But yet the enemy, and so if you want to know, if it's the enemy, well, how do you, is it throwing your, you off? Like, is there just this chaos, this anxiousness that comes? See, the devil wants to drive us. He wants to push us. Are you, do you feel pressured? That's one of the ways you can discern that that's his voice. We're going to talk more about some of this next week. But the enemy's going to push, and you feel pressured, and you're like up against it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to. Uh. That's not the Lord. He leads by peace. So the enemy drives, but the Lord leads. He's never, the Lord will never force his influence, ever. He wants to influence our life. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. He wants to speak to us. But he's not going to force it. God's not going to speak to somebody that doesn't want to listen. He's just not. Why? Because he's not going to force his will upon you. He's not going to force his will upon me. (coughs) So here's just a couple things real quick. Action steps. Take homes. Here's your homework. Got, what, four things, I think. And I'm just going to walk through them pretty quickly here. Number one is that if you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to have to believe for it. You've got to believe that God wants to speak to you. 
I'll repeat what I said in the very beginning is that when God speaks, it's for your blessing. It really is. Even his correction is for your blessing. Why? Because even in his correction, he said, hey, I just need to alter your course a little bit. Many times it's not major adjustments. It's small things. Why? Because he says, if you keep going this way, this is where it's going to lead. If you go my way, though, this is where it's going to lead. And I, I, I want to keep you on track with what I have for you. So when God speaks, and so you've got to what? You've got to believe. You've got to put your faith there. You've got to ask, Father, I thank you that I'm your servant and I'm listening to you. I would even take this, and I've, I've shared this many times, but for years and years and years, I've just declared this over my life as a statement. Is that, Father God, I thank you that I hear your voice accurately and clearly. That the purpose of my heart is to hear from you. And so I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be dismissive. I prioritize hearing your voice above all others. If that means that, you know, I mean, there's been times where I've had to make major decisions in our life. And so... Me and Derek, we'll go get away. I prioritize it. Like, hey, I got to get I got to get something from the Lord. I don't care if it's a word. I don't care if it's peace. I just got to get something that I can move forward on. Look, God's not always going to speak to me, but God will always lead me. Many times what I have found is that I didn't even know God was leading me until I look back. And then I'm like, oh, that was the Lord. And sometimes I get frustrated at times, and so do we all. Lord, I've been praying, and you ain't been answering. Maybe you're just not recognizing. Maybe he is answering, and it just hasn't been revealed yet. And I can tell you lots of times in my life where I got frustrated. I'm like, Lord, I've been praying. You ain't been answering. You ain't talking to me. You ain't changing nothing. I'm all frustrated. And then it's just a matter of a little bit of time, and I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. You know me. I'm a fool. (laughs) I talked about things that were too great for me to speak on. So I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your faithfulness. I know you're not upset with me. Forgive me for my impatience. My lack of wisdom. My lack of trust in you. Why? Because I want to keep that communication going. And I need to make sure that my heart is in the right place. But you got to believe that God actually wants to talk to you if you're going to hear from him. He's not going to overtake you. Number two is you got to identify distractions. Figure out those things that are distracting you, that are pulling you away, that are just, they're noise. And you get some of those, that noise cancellation going on. You got to do that. So you got to identify distractions so that you can deal with them. Number three is begin to pray. Part of prayer is not just talking. Part of it is listening. You got to be an active listener. So create some space, even in your prayer time. Like I said, it could be 30 seconds, a minute. Just get quiet before the Lord. Psalms tells us to be still and know that I am God. Be still, quiet down, shut up, and listen. And here's the last one, and I think this is so important. Uh, today is Father's Day, but this really applies to all parents, is that we need to model this for our kids and to others. So parents, let me just speak to this. I actually saw this on a clip a few weeks ago. and We were preparing some of the content and actually sent it to um, Pastor Jen and Pastor Dan. And I thought, man, this is so good. And, and so I shared them this little clip that I'd watched. And, you know, and it was so, in some ways it was very challenging, but in the other way, I'm like, man, that's just really good. Which is that 
if my kids always come to me and I give them every answer, then as they grow up, I always have to give them the answer. But wouldn't it be better to lead them and instruct them and say, well, I don't know, have you asked the Lord about that? As early as possible, start asking that question. And sometimes it's good to even model it and just say, if they come and ask you a question, you say, I don't know, can I go spend the night at so-and-so's house? Let me ask the Lord about it. You need to go ask the Lord about it, by the way. Because I know you don't want to put your kids in harm's way, but the Lord knows things that you don't know. And he may say yes to somebody and you're like, okay. And he may say no to somebody and you're like, really? But we need to, what, help our kids. That's one of the reasons we're doing this as a series. As early as possible, we need to get our, all of our kids, and I don't care how young they are, thinking, what, is the, what does the Lord say about this? And so when they come to you, just ask them. That simple question. Have you prayed about it? Have you asked... Have you asked Jesus about it yet? I know. Let's pray right now. Because I'm telling you, kids are way more receptive to hearing the voice of God than many times we are. Their hearts are so pure. You can call it naive. It's purity. And man, what a great thing for them to learn early in life. Because here's the thing. You're not always going to be with them. I'm not always with my kids. They're at school. They're over here. They're doing this. They need to learn how to hear from God for themselves too. Because I can't always be there, but the Holy Spirit can be. And he'll be their God. He'll be the one to come alongside of them and help. And so today, as I'm wrapping this up, one last thought for you. Fathers today, if you're going to be the best father that you can be, it's going to require that you hear and learn to hear the voice of God. Because there's going to be times... That you need the wisdom of God. You're going to need the grace of God. And our natural personality, if you will. Sometimes we can be short-tempered. Sometimes we can say things sharp. And I need the Holy Spirit to say, don't say that. Ephesians actually talks about this. And the Lord, when I was a youth pastor, the Lord actually spoke this scripture to me one day. I won't go into all the details, but it rocked me. And it said, fathers, do not be harsh with your children lest they resent the Lord. And I had been pretty harsh, pretty heavy with some of my students. They deserved it. But what they, they might have deserved the correction. What they didn't deserve was my weight of correction. And I completely had to shift in a moment. And I think it was the grace of God that helped me because I was getting ready to hurt them where God was wanting to help them, even in a moment. And I've had to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to help me to navigate those things. And so, fathers, whether you want to be a better leader in your home, at your office, wherever, you want to be a better husband, an employer, an employee, a better friend, learn to hear the voice of God. God will begin to speak things to you about your family, about your career, about your future. That you would have never known. Like, do I take this job? Do I not take that job? Do I, what do I do here? And how do I fix this on my... Like, man, I don't know the answers. I'm supposed to know the answers, but I don't know the answer to this problem. Many times as men, we can win at work but lose at home. Because the answers at work are easier than the answers at home. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So 
So I would encourage you men. The greatest thing that you could do for your family is to learn to hear the voice of God for yourself. And there's lots of ways that you can do this. Practical things. I mean, you can get into the word of God. You can begin to read God's word. Make it a discipline in your life to put God's word in your heart. Why? So that it'll come up when you need it. You can begin to pray. You can begin to talk. I mean, there's lots of things that you can do. And we're going to be talking about it in the next couple of weeks. But men, I encourage you. We're called to be spiritual leaders in our homes. We're called to be spiritual leaders in our community. And you can look at that and be like, oh, I don't want that burden. Yeah, but what you don't know is there's actually a grace to do it. It's not a weight when there's the grace. And so if it feels like a weight, you just need to ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. Help me understand and recognize how to operate within your grace in my life. It doesn't have to be a burden. I mean, like here's a practical thing, men. Pray with your kids. Pray with your spouse. I pray with my kids every night. It's not always the same thing, but I'm just praying over them, praying over their future, praying about what God has for them, praying that they hear his voice. It's a powerful thing. And so this morning, I want to just pray over us before we leave today, because I believe over these next couple of weeks.